In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, welcome to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast. I'm Don Maeda, and I'm in the headquarters of 7MX with 7COO Dennis Block, and we're joined on the phone by Michael Antonovich, our quote-unquote Central America editor now. So, That's right. So today we are going to talk about uh, the happenings of the weekend. So here in Southern California, we had the uh, 7MX Mini Major at State Fair MX. And uh, Anton was in Paris, France for the Supercross de Paris. So uh, I guess, uh, Tuan, since we're here, we're going to talk about the Mini Major first. Um, Go for it. So it was our fifth annual Mini Major. Um, and it was the first time we moved it to State Fair MX which is a new facility formerly known as Star West at the SoCal Fairgrounds. I can't it's in five years already. Yeah, five of them already. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so we are uh, super proud to have Seven as the presenting sponsor of the event since the inaugural, since the first one. Yeah, <laughs> it's Time flies, huh? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, a, it's amazing that it's been five years. I can't believe it. It seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, so, so the, uh, the mini major came about um, one day. At one of our regular, you know, formerly the Transworld Motocross Race Series, we were at Kawia, and Craig Davis, the race director, is all, hey, Don, come over here and look at this. And we walked over and we looked at the vet track, and, you know, the, the peewees were racing. Yeah. And it was just packed with 50s and parents running all over like ants. <laughs> and he goes, what do you think? We should do a race with all mini bikes. And so I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So we... Buzz out pen to paper and got together and had a meeting and and uh, you know we wanted to make it not just a race only for kids but kind of an event um, with fun stuff for everybody from the family to do you know so uh, that first year we had a bouncy house at yeah, Milestone yeah. and all that stuff and uh, yeah it's it's evolved into something pretty big and you know our attendance was down this year but considering with uh, you know the demise of Transworld Motocross and we uh, rebranded ourselves to Swap Moto Live. Uh, considering our reach is not as big, um, to have still almost 600 entries out, uh, down 200 from our very best is still, I think it's pretty awesome. It's amazing to, for that change and to still have, I mean, even at the event, it was really hard to tell that attendance was down. Mm -hmm. I think maybe just because the way the track was laid out and the way Vendor Row was laid out, uh, our, our booth was actually, I think, the busiest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. in, in, in the five years that we've been there, it felt like it was consistently busier than it's ever been mm -hmm. i think prior years we kind of had the you know that exclusive feel kind of back off in the corner try to bring everybody to us yeah this year we kind of just said no we're going to be right in the middle of everything and partner with stasic and i mean for us it was it was our best year um that we've ever had just mm -hmm. the amount of people that come by the booth so i think the stasic partnership the collab that you guys did with the uh, the demo rides out front and you guys made some special, was that gear made specially for the mini major racers? No. So that gear is actually, um, it's going to launch in like two weeks. So oh, okay. we designed, uh, gloves and jerseys for Stasic exclusively. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're going to sell it through their dealer network and to their customers. We, we really just designed it, uh, mm -hmm. in house and then they'll distribute it themselves. That's nice. 
but I thought that that was good. It was, uh, I have to say, it was a super awesome event for Stasic. I mean, the kids were just amazing ripping on that little pump track like all day, all three days. Yeah. You know, I don't it's know cool. how they, I don't know how they charge the batteries fast enough. Yeah, it, it, you walk over there, it's just a, like a sea of cords and batteries, and but the, the cool thing is. Hopefully those kids turn into right the next generation of racing and mini majors. Yeah. No, I think I think the Stasic, uh, it's going to change the future of our sport because there's going to be kids that are developing their two wheel throttle skills like much much earlier. Yeah, and and just like even like Ryan Villapoto, I've been out on a Sunday with he and his kids and watching those kids rip around and the way they like turn so fast and on the gas i'm just like wow those kids are gonna be gnarly when they get on motorcycles yeah they're just it's something that the kids aren't scared of right you start a dirt bike a two-year-old sometimes is gonna be scared or a little girl is a little bit scared of it those they can jump on and go almost Mm -hmm. instantly it's amazing yeah Yeah, ryan's done an amazing job with that company we're gonna have to get you uh stasic out there anton when you start that family you moved home for (laughs) yeah that's the plan that's uh one of the things that i want now that i have room for a pump track it'll be (laughs) Grom Central. It, you have to get a Stasic for the summer and, and a snowmobile for the winter. <laughs> yeah. We'll just, I mean, there are those uh, those paddle tire conversions like yeah. we wrote at that FXR thing. So maybe we just figure out a way to put like six batteries on a Stasic frame and then put a track behind it. Yeah, definitely. But uh, so Dennis, the, uh, the seven booth was packed all weekend. And like uh, I was there in one instance when there's a little kid looking at something and the dad was asking about prices and then he looks at his kid and he goes, look, if you try really hard in your next moto, I'll get this for you. Is that a deal? So did that guy ever come back and get his stuff? Did his kid try hard enough? I don't know. I I, I hope so, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't there when I saw that, but we had a lot of parents were bribing with new sets of gear. I heard that a couple times, so for sure it worked on a couple kids. I don't know if that particular kid it worked for, but it definitely worked, and T-shirts uh, were a big thing, right? Everybody wanted a T-shirt, and that's what's, all right, I'll get you a T-shirt. Or it was uh, the the Icy's. If, oh, you, yeah. if you finish top three in your moto, I'll get you an Icy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> a Slurpee, right? Yeah. So you made some uh, event shirts. I saw the, the black event shirts with the, the mini major logos on it. Yeah. Those, those look, look pretty popular. Yeah, we did really well. What we did is we made uh, we went all the way down to a 2T, so like a toddler size, oh, okay, right? Yeah. All the way up to a double extra large. Because we'd heard in the past, you know, oh, well, we wanted to get it for our little brother or little sister, and they weren't able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sizes just weren't small enough. So we said, I talked to Eric and uh, Donnie and said, hey, do you mind if we do another shirt? We'll just do one color, and we'll make it just all the way down to really, really small size. And it's not nah, do it. So that was actually the most popular size was the 2T to 5T. We sold more <laughs> oh, of those really? than we did yeah. anything else yeah. for little brother, little sister. Did you make a like a, a really low-cut? moto milf mom shirt too <laughs> you know, we didn't we made a unisex adult shirt oh. but uh we didn't hey, make a milf hey one. correct me if i'm wrong but it was moto mom milf central wasn't it yeah yeah there was a lot of uh good looking moms out there yeah, there's no doubt it's like it's it cracks me up <laughs> they get dolled up for this right yeah yep. to just go on parade yeah cowboy boots daisy dukes and tank tops yeah and there 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 is quite a few moms pretty lit on uh, saturday night <laughs> Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yep. I was getting uh I was getting some good photos, like with <laughs> some moms uh <laughs> tearing yeah. it up. The white claws were out. Yeah, definitely. So uh <laughs> the the racing was good for you guys. I mean, uh Gavin Towers, the yeah. uh, two out of three uh super mini moto or championship wins. Yeah. And uh that guy was on fire, dude. He's got a rad style and <sighs> 
yeah, the battles on Sunday were amazing. Like that was like big bike battles. Yeah. Like all the way to the finish back and forth with, uh, Benjamin from Chile, that, that kid mm-hmm. that came out, those two went at it. It yeah. was really, really good. You know, it's funny because, uh, there was even, uh, Michaela, oh, what's her last name? But Moto, like K- Moto KK, yeah, Moto KK yeah. was out there and a couple times she got better starts than all yeah. the guys and yeah. they had to work their way around She's her. She's ripping. Yeah, that's that, that was super cool. I think you need to go get, get her in 17. We got to talk to Roger. Yeah. But, uh. That uh, the Towers guy, he's really, really impressive. His his level of aggression is very high. And uh, listening to him on the podium, he was very well spoken, too. He wasn't like the homeschooled goon. Yeah, he's put together. He's uh, he's definitely going to be one to watch. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do at Minio's and mm-hmm. Loretta's next year. I think it's going to be awesome. And Jeremy Fapani got a title. Uh, Ryder Drigo got a title. Noah Viney got, I think, two titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then little Dylan Graham, we just picked him up on 50s. He picked up a title for us. So nice. that was so, awesome. So seven titles at the 7MX being major. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have planned that one any better. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fitting. <laughs> so, yeah, if one guy was going to win another one, it's like, hey, Pitport, don't win. We want seven titles only. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, what did you think of uh, of the way that the event ran? I mean, I was super pumped that there wasn't one ambulance ride. Yeah, I was talking to Aaron about that on Sunday. I didn't want to say anything until Sunday at the end of the day. (laughs) But to not have one ambulance ride is incredible. It just shows the guys put together a good race. The track was, not only was it safe, but it was fun. Like Mm -hmm. all the kids said, they had a blast. They loved the track. It held up. It got a little dusty, but it was windy and hot. There there was an unexpected and un predictable windstorm that came on friday, friday. right oh. yeah the, the scoring uh booth easy up was upside down and yeah it was pretty wild i took two showers afterwards and still <laughs> could not get all the dirt yeah, out of everything definitely. yeah and friday happened to be the day i shot all the photos and i was in the middle of the track from 8 a.m to 4 p.m like it's a good thing my eyes are smaller than everyone else's because I didn't get as much <laughs> dust in them. But it was it was a brutal day out there. But man, it was great watching the kids. And, and they all the, ended up putting goggles on. All the kids were walking around with goggles yeah. in, the, in the vendor area so they couldn't get dust in their eyes. That was great. You know, one thing I noticed when I was out there, uh, observation I made was that flaggers are kind of like the unsung heroes in the mini For classes sure. because every kid tips over, flagger has to run over there, pick up the a keep people from hitting them. B, pick up the bike, start the bike, and get going. And the thing that made me laugh was, like, I heard so many flaggers getting yelled at by the kids. Like, hurry up. (laughs) Pick that thing up. (laughs) You know? Or they're going to get yelled at by the parents for not getting it started fast enough. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was really a funny thing that I saw is, um, so, you know, my buddy Scrub Daddy that did the announcing on on Thursday night at the Supercross races, he brought his nephew out. And his nephew's this big hulking guy. And kind of scary looking, right? And I was hanging with him during one of the races, and this little kid on a PW50 fell over and stalled his bike. And he goes running over there. <laughs> and the kid starts screaming oh. and picks his bike up and pushes his bike away as fast as he can, running on the side of the track. <laughs> and he runs to the next flagger, which is this young Hispanic kid, and, and start my bike. And then he starts and he goes. <laughs> and the guy comes back and it's like, yo. I said, you know, can I help you start your bike? And the kids just start running away. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, dude, they were scared that they thought the green mile was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, those flaggers are amazing to be out there in that heat all yeah, day long. all day long, uh, right? It's brutal. But uh, I saw Aaron driving around in the uh, 
in the uh, UTV delivering donuts and burritos and, and stuff to them all day. So Yeah, I was always trying to get them a Gatorade or a water when I walked by. Yeah. So that State Fair MX track, um, formerly Star West, uh, Jimmy Sloan, who's like, he's kind of like the savior of motocross in Southern California, right? Got, keeping all these tracks open just out of passion, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's amazing. But uh, so they brought a bunch of new dirt in there. And, and I know the first day that we were there, it was kind of dusty and silty. And I, I, I'll admit now I had my reservations. I was like, man, is this going to be a good racetrack? You know, but tracks have to get beat down, I think. And the dirt has to get pounded in. They need to mix the moisture in for it to really shape up nicely. But I yeah. I think it shaped up nicely for the race. Yeah, we, we went out and rode a few weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And I was like... All right, we still got some work to do. We still got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think Sunday was the best day. I think the track, yeah. by the end of the three days, it was actually good. Like, everybody, even the big bikes, this well, big bike, super minis, yeah. all the guys were like, hey, today was the best day. Track was really, really good. So, yeah. I mean, uh, hats off to the crew there. They did a really good job. Yeah, I believe so, too. The, uh, Craig Davis and Aaron, Aaron Cook, they they put together a really smooth running program. And, and yeah, I mean – just enough water breaks, just enough sight laps for the kids to get a look at the track. And uh, I was shocked that on Sunday we finished by 2.30. I was, yeah. And was. I was like, hey, Craig, did you cut laps? How did we finish so quick? Oh, we just had a better flow. <laughs> you know? It was smooth. It, it hit, you know, the, the motors all were going off without a mess up. It was, it was smooth. For yeah. as many motors as there were, 31 motos, Yeah, it was pretty smooth. Okay, so seven titles. How many actual sponsored seven riders did you have out there? Would you could you guess? I don't know. You know, there was a bunch of kids that weren't sponsored. They were just wearing seven. Yeah. You know, they said, "Oh, I got it at Temecula Motorsports," or "I got it online," mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But there was a lot of kids. There was one kid from, I think Uganda that came over as wearing seven. Really? Yeah, and he, I think he just bought it at a local dealer. That's awesome. So sponsored riders, there's definitely a, a good you know get them out but mm-hmm. there's a lot that i think just bought the gear and showed up yeah it's so uh, with your team riders you know you know premier guys like uh like gavin towers did you bring them gear specifically for a mini major yeah lexi did lexi and roger put together kind of like what they wanted what them they to wanted. wear okay yeah. so towers was wearing the axle gear yep. all weekend right he wore that every moto yeah i think he was only supposed to wear one day but i think he just liked it and decided liked it. yeah maybe he had good moto on friday and decided to wear it the rest of the time but okay i think they had like uh ethica was one day and maybe the sleigh and then one other color yeah oh, you know what i did see gavin wearing the the ethica gear. oh yeah maybe on yeah. sunday yeah. yeah and is that collab working out well for you guys yeah it was it did really really well yeah we sold out of stuff really quick we still have a oh. few pieces and we mm-hmm. have a few more I think we have some more pants coming in next week, but yeah. it, it did really, really well for us. Yeah, Ethica sold out pretty quick. We sold out of a majority of the sizes pretty quick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it did I well. didn't even get my gloves yet. Do you have any we, gloves left? Yeah, we have a few pair of gloves. <laughs> what size glove are you? A large. Okay, I think you're right. So uh, um, the riders, your, your team riders, did they all have a good time there? Did they come by the booth much, and what was the feedback you got from them? Yeah, I think everybody had a blast, whether, you know, they're whatever gear brand they were wearing or mm-hmm. whatever – age i think everybody had a really good time parents had a really good time uh you're always going to people that complain and can can do it better right but i think overall everybody had a really good really good time uh, every year that event seems to people get used to it and they they know what to expect i think and mm-hmm. they just have a good time i think um i don't know I, i'm looking forward to next year i think i have some good ideas i talked to aaron and donnie and mm-hmm. i think we all can do a few things uh, to make it even take it to the next level but all the kids that i talked to had a blast yeah 
And you know, maybe I, I need to talk to you about sponsoring this. What do you think of a of a Moto Milf surrender booth? Oh, Where like the Moto Milfs come and just go, hey, okay, I'm here, and then we take their picture and put up a gallery. Yeah, Roger you know? needs to be there for Roger that could be there. Yeah, yeah Mr. He, Burns. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Burns. Like you like that though, the surrender booth. Yeah, you know, just oh, I'm here, <laughs> turning myself in. Yep. All then, day long. then you get them in their full prepped up glory, you know, before they get too dusty and yep, they're uh, all dolled up. Yeah. So Anton, you were in France. Did you follow uh, what was going on at the mini major at all? I mean, we did quite a few Instagram posts and stuff. Of course, of course, it's it's a fun race. I mean, I've gotten to come to it quite a few times in the past. It's always at this time of year though, so I have missed it if there's been other races overseas or something. But uh, with Gavin Towers coming in racing, it's cool to have Team Green send one of their top kids out here to come do this thing. I mean, that really solidifies, like, this isn't just some local race that is for a bunch of little kids. Like, this is a big deal, and it's cool that so many companies have gotten behind it and see this is a cool way to, to give their guys a little bit more exposure. Mm-hmm. And he battled, yeah, too. He, I mean, he battled those three yeah. know, motos, so it wasn't like he yeah. just won hands down. He had to battle for it, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I I think, too, like, we've had so many people from around the country that have come to past runnings of the race. Like, you know, Seven, you guys have always done really well at bringing guys in, like J.R. Rays and, and people. And it really shows, like, hey, this is a good, well-run, and it, it's a good-looking event. Like, appearance-wise, it looks great with all the branding and all the little things that happen, the pylons with the Seven logos and stuff. Like, it has a different feel than just a local race. And I think that's what really solidifies its its spot in the schedule now. Mm-hmm. You know what I love? I love how the race branding is the same. Oh, it's the it's the it's the the color that Roger invented, right? The, <laughs> the, the teal, the seven teal. I, I love the association Aqua, there, yeah, <laughs> because it looks like one and the same. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you guys ever change your colors, we're gonna have to change any major colors too. Then I guess. Yeah, that color was everywhere this weekend. It was. Those umbrellas, yeah. with how hot it was, we yeah. could not keep those umbrellas. Every day we had staff come out; they brought another couple boxes of umbrellas. Nice. I mean, there was. The starting line, every moto, there was four yeah. or five umbrellas on there. It's great. Okay, the one thing I noticed is like when I was, uh, okay, so f- Friday, no shit, I shot 5,600 photos, okay? And so Jesus. when I was going through them, I'm just like scrolling through, and as, as soon as the rider changes, because, you know, my camera shoots like three or four every time, I just grab the best one of the, each kid, and I'm going, and I'm selecting the photos per moto, and I'm like, Dude, there's like multiple kids in every moto decked out in sevens. And I think a lot of it is the image that the brand has, you know, with Malcolm and previously James and then Axel. Like a lot of kids, even if they're racers, not free riders, they love Axel, right? Yeah. But I think the cool thing is that you guys make the premium gear and the kid sizes because most kid sizes in, in other gear lineups is like the entry level stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, cheap stuff, right? So like a lot of the kids were wearing the compression. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to make compression even smaller because you see little kids wearing the compression and it's baggy like it's Oh, here. yeah. They, they don't care, though. If they, if they put it on, I've, I've seen so many kids go, it fits. I'm like, yeah, no. Like it's you not got doing five years like- before that it actually fits. But they're like, I just want that look, right? They don't care. They just want that look. So yeah. they're going to buy it. That's kind of how Anton looks when he wears the seven, you know? <laughs> A little bit baggy uh- on those arms. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, I'm hard to get sizes for. Like, I'm I'm pretty much to the point of like, just send me kids sizes now. Thirty <laughs> year old man in kids gear. Yeah, but uh, so the, there are so many kids in seven. Um, I was able to put together a, a almost four hundred photo gallery for exclusive for seven riders. 
Yeah, uh, that's insane. And then, you know, so like a lot of those kids in there weren't your guys, right? How about the kid that was wearing the Moto Triple X jersey but seven pants? Yep. You guys, do you guys help him? He was he was all pumped, and I saw a picture of you in the podium gallery with him. Yeah, he's. I think he's. He is like a. You know, he gets a discount, gets supported through uh-huh. us, uh, but he wears a Moto Triple X jersey, so I don't know all the details of that. But I yeah, think but he he's might... he's buddies with uh, Jordan, Jordan Burns. Yeah, yeah, so I think actually I'm almost positive that's the guy Jordan asked us. Hey, can you help him out? He, yeah. he wants to wear seven. He and, made it look good though. Yeah, I mean, no, it worked. The white Moto Triple X jersey with yeah. the white pants and. Yeah, oh, it's a, the amount of riders though is it, we were talking about this over the weekend, four years ago or five years ago, wherever it was, we went out to one of the Transworld races at the time, mm-hmm. and my little guy was on a JR50. He was the only guy that was on the starting line in the seven gear. Mm-hmm. There was no one. Maybe one other guy had like a jersey or a pan or something. Mm-hmm. But fast forward four years now and look at how far we've come in just four years. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see, and I I really feel like many majors had a big part of that, kind of helping us get cool, there. Cool. You know what kind of gets under my skin, though? When you see a kid in seven gear, and he looks all legit, and then he passes by, and you look at his back, and he's got lettering done by, like, XYZ <laughs> graphic company or something. It's like, oh, that doesn't look right. It's not the legit seven stuff. Yep. But know? those are usually the guys that are going to the local yeah. dealer, buying yeah, it, right? Totally. And paying retail, which is those are the guys we need, right? They're out there buying it, and... Maybe grandma got a iron-on kit and she's doing her <laughs> yeah. name and number on the back. Yeah. That's okay, though. I, yeah. We need those guys. remember back in the day, I think, uh, was it, Anton, was it Factory Effects that used to sell a Jersey ID kit and you, you uh, could buy it? Pretty much everybody did. Like, uh, Answer did it, Fox did it, all that stuff. But if you got a, they were a white letter. And if you had a red jersey, it just Bleed bled through, through yeah. really bad. Yeah. yeah, it looked terrible. But you see kids putting their shit on crooked. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I got my burning fir- their jerseys. I took my first jerseys to the mall when you could go to the t-shirt store and get those little square uh-huh. furry letters, yeah. you know, yeah. and, the, and the football style numbers. Yeah. And I we had uh, we had baseball letters. Ours are like the so we had these super. Yeah, yeah. So they were like these real nice lightweight jerseys, and then they like tripled in weight when my mom got them done at the mall. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, hey. Uh, Super stoked to have uh, uh, Seven as a presenting sponsor of the Mini Major, and, and thank you, and thanks for coming out and bringing your little dude out, and he looked good out there. Yeah, it was awesome. Great, great, great weekend, and look forward to it every year. Cool. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we're going to come back and talk about the Paris Supercross, where uh, Seven MX's very own Malcolm Stewart had quite a showing. Yeah. All right, awesome. we'll be right back. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorize dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Honda team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. 
Visit Yosh at yoshmir-rd.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Frandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, it's Bo Hahn, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. Hey, welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. Don Maeda with uh, Dennis Block at 7MX and we've got Mike Lantonovich on the phone. And Mike, dude, you're fresh home from Paris, France. Mm-hmm. And, it's a, uh, that's honestly my favorite race of the year. Yeah. And I took it yeah. from you the last two years. <laughs> and that's okay. I needed a, I needed a break to understand how much I really appreciated it. Yeah. It's an awesome event because, uh, well, especially now because the La Defense Arena is like pretty close to downtown Paris. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just a, a quick, uh, about a $6 Uber ride away from downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Friday night, after uh the quick like little informal press session happened i colored some photos and got some videos uploaded to the website and then took the train downtown it was the first time i've ever been to paris like i've been to france two times before but that was oh, the first trip to in, paris in lille right yeah up in lille so i've never i had never been to paris prior to friday night and yeah it's a cool it's a cool deal because it brings back that kind of allure of being in france mm-hmm. you know lille was great but it was almost too far away that it never really felt like you were in Paris. Whereas at this one, like it feels like it has that bursty, you're in the city, like things happen here vibe. Is this the first time you've seen the Eiffel Tower in person then? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, it was fun. Like I got on the Metro and then took it into downtown and then walked around. I think on Friday I walked like 13 miles. So yeah, it was a good time. Do they have that guy flying around again in the rocket suit? Was he flying around the stadium? No, they didn't have him this year. He's been in a lot of stuff, though. Like, he's done some MotoGP stuff when they were in France a few months ago. And then um, it was kind of a weird event this year. I wouldn't say weird, but different because, like, the cheerleaders were gone, and they've been there for 36 years. Hmm. So they didn't have those. I mean, sign of the times, I guess. And then uh, the freestyle was good. It didn't seem, like, so heavy on the show element of it anymore. It was just mainly about the racing, and the racing was amazing. Probably some of the best racing that we've seen there in the last five years. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the freestyle stuff, was it, uh, you know, obviously it's the halftime thing, but was it a contest still, or is it just a demo? It was just pretty much a demo. Um, they had, like, a really good roster of guys, but it's just, you know, there's two ramps, and then they do it on the big step-up double landing in the middle of the thing. 
And in the past, like there've been some like really, really crazy tricks that have gone on, but David Ronaldo was the big guy that they had this year. Mm -hmm. And that varial that he did at the X games has been like his defining trick, but it's such a high risk move that they understand like, Hey, he's not going to do this every single day. Like Sheehan's going to do a double backflip. So there, there was some great stuff like wanky sevens guy. He did great. And he had everybody really excited. He almost biffed it on a whip flip on Sunday night though. So he was really lucky to ride that out, but it was a good show. So there was the uh, double, there was doubles freestyle too. two guys on a Cowie. Oh, yeah, that that was, doing, that, I'm sorry. That was lame. It was weird. I only watched it one <laughs> time. It? I, and I was just like, it. I'm good. Two guys on one bike. <laughs> like a guy sitting on the back and they go over a jump and the guy holding around with his arms around the guy's waist would do like a Superman. Right. I mean, that's, that's all I saw. Anton, was it better than that? Uh, they did a backflip, and that was pretty like yeah. But surprising Tra- Travis to see. and his victims have been doing that for years. Yeah. And then, um, well, the big one that they did, they hit the jump, and the guy that was in the front like was crouched down, and the guy that was in the back like hopped over him. So they did like a leapfrog in the air. So that was that was pretty funny. Okay, I was so like, if oh, he okay, leaped over him, did the guy sick. in the back land the jump then, with his hands on the handlebars? I don't even remember. I was just like watching it, like what the f- like, what are you doing? But yeah, it was, it's entertaining. But see, Damon Huffman and Shane Shirtler did this at the Las Vegas Supercross <laughs> long time ago, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so but yeah. So I talked to uh, Malcolm on the phone this morning for about a half hour, and he was pumped. He said he had a good time and he felt great on the bike, and you know had a great time smashing in it with uh, Barsha. So how how was the racing? Um, it was the best racing that I've seen at that one in a long time. And on Malcolm's note, like he was the fastest guy there this weekend. The results don't show it, but if you really watched everything that went on, he was the fastest in Sunday's qualifying. He was the fastest in the Super Bowl. He was the fastest in Saturday qualifying until Dylan's last lap when Ferrandez got him. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that I've taken away, like we've talked so much about how fit Malcolm looks lately in mm-hmm. the last year or so, his racecraft is exceptional now. And it used to be that Malcolm kind of left himself open to block passes and takeout moves from Barsha and other guys, and he never really retaliated to it. Mm-hmm. But he was on the offense this year. Like he set up Barsha for some good passes and then would block off the inside line, and Justin could never get a wheel back on him. Really? And to see Malcolm like figure that element of the program out was huge because he won two races really convincing. Now, how about his fitness on, you know, last lap? Uh, was great. Yeah. The last race of each night was like a 14 minute plus one lap sprint. So that's a, you know, almost a standard length supercross race now. And, uh, they're about the end. Like you could start seeing guys start petering off a little bit, but Malcolm's lap time stayed consistent. And he was able to manage, uh, to manage the pace pretty well and then open a gap up on everybody else. So to see that from Malcolm at like the 12, 13, 14 minute mark is big. Nice. So he said, one of the things he said to me this morning was, I'm, I'm over the white and red gear. I guess he wore it every race. The whole weekend. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you guys, Dennis, do you guys, did you consciously choose that for him to wear all three nights? That's Roger would have probably brought what he wanted him to wear for each night. Like he, Roger brings three or four OGO gear bags full of whatever, you know, the guys are going to wear that weekend. Yeah. So he, he's going to pick probably what he wants. They, they argue about it all. I hear they're like, 
little sisters <laughs> battling over what. Yeah, because I'm over it. I never wear that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, too much. But yeah, he'll bring out I think whatever he wants uh, him to wear for sure. So besides Malcolm and and Wanky's on, did you guys have anyone else? Was there another seven rider there? The Bud Racing guys, uh, our French distributor Bud Racing, had his crew out there. Uh, he had a couple guys out there. But that wouldn't be a uh, part of uh, Darian Sinai and yeah. then uh, Enzo Lopes. Lopes, yeah. Oh, he got yeah. Lopes in his gear. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think Enzo signed with uh, the Bud Racing team. I don't know if okay. it's just for that event or for, for anything other than that. I think it might just be for that one. Yeah. Uh, I talked to him a little bit. JGR gave him a bike to ride for a while, uh, like just a stock RMZ 250. and He's been playing on that. But the Bud guys contacted him through Instagram. They sent him a DM and were like, hey, do you want to come do Paris? And he flew over and did it. Hmm. And that's good because he doesn't really have a ton of Supercross experience. You know, yeah, he has the 2019 season, but he's never been this kid that everybody's talked about as some Supercross specialist. But he held his own. He was much better on Sunday night than he was Saturday. Hmm. Yeah, Stefan from Bud Racing usually will do He'll usually find someone to bring over for that race. Yeah. Didn't didn't, uh, Bowers race for Bud? Over there a couple of times? He raced out of the I'm truck sure last year. I'm sure in the year. past, yeah. Paris, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, Barsha won the title, King of Bercy, on, on what you reported was a uh, essentially stock bike, Anton? Yeah. Uh, the only thing that it really had on it was the exhaust pipe, so like a PC pipe, and then the KYV suspension for Supercross, uh, Renthal handlebars and like Vortex sprockets and Dunlop tires, but internally the engine was stock you know everybody always makes a big deal about how important a transmission is for supercross but barsha's was same thing that comes on anybody else's bike and he said that the gearing and all that stuff and the reliability of it they shouldn't have any issues Mm -hmm. so he's really really trying to get yamaha to let him race a stock based bike in 2020 yeah and this weekend's big win which showed like hey he's competitive that's going to be like the big deciding factor of like this thing is legit he knows what he wants yeah, I think, uh, well, remember when I, I did that podcast with Cooper Webb, when he, uh, when he was, I think right after he won his title, he said that mm-hmm. the best Yamaha he ever rode was a stock one. Wow. Like, yeah. the, like the race team makes it to ham or something, you know? And I think, yeah, you know, I had, when I had breakfast with Plessinger and, and A-Ray a while ago, he kind of said the same thing. Yeah. And it <laughs> seems like the, the thinking that's in Yamaha right now is just like, horsepower 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 Mm -hmm. but guys are are steering away from that and when they build such a gnarly engine and then they try to detune it with fuel mapping or whatever you start sacrificing or you start getting holes in the engine and like the power band and barsh is like look just give me the stock one i'll rev the hell out of it i'll ride it like a 250 (laughs) and i'll be fast yeah um he said the reason he feels that his anaheim one win was so successful was because of how much wheel spin the bike had in the mud Mm -hmm. and then how much extra it weighed that it took some horsepower away. So he's like, yeah, I could really control it because the bike was more in that setting that I want just yeah. by circumstance. Okay. So the, so Barsh is there. He wins. <clears throat> Malcolm gets second overall. Uh, Dylan Francis is there as the uh, home country hero. How gnarly is the applause for him when you're there? That's like the coolest thing about that race. If uh, it doesn't matter if it's Marvin that's there or, Whoever the French rider that's the hero is by far the most popular person there. Mm-hmm. And depending on where Dylan is in the track, you just hear the sound wave go all the way around. So, you know, it was unfortunate that he had so many issues. Um, but when he would start climbing through the pack, the crowd would just go insane. And that mm-hmm. makes this event really, really special. 
uh, you could tell that he was a little distracted because when they're in the United States, just him, his wife, and DV are, are by themselves, essentially. But this weekend, they have so many fans and friends and supporters that come by that it gets a little hectic. Mm-hmm. So he stayed in the Yamaha truck as much as he could. But when it was time to come out and be like the public presence, he did it really well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the main person in the promotional video that they did. So he had this like real elaborate opening ceremonies video. He was the main guy in that. He did all the talking to everybody. He signed probably more autographs than he ever does in the United States and and did it all really, really well. You know, he's mm-hmm. happy to be home because you could tell that him and his wife get homesick quite a bit still. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool to see Villeman out there. Like the fans go nuts for Villeman. It's like yeah. M- McGrath or he's somebody still over a here. Big deal. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you see the clip where DV became a flagger in the second race on Saturday night? What? So, yeah, his wad um, made a mistake, and over the big step-up double, there was like three little speed rollers, and his wad uh, clipped his foot out of the rut coming out and then just shot the bike, and then the bike landed on the backside of the takeoff, Mm -hmm. and he kind of was laying on the face of the double, and so for like maybe 45 seconds a minute, the flagger is just kind of putting it out there, but not really directing traffic. Uh-huh. And then other track workers run out there and you think like, okay, these guys are going to tell riders like, hey, be careful. There's a bike on the backside. And then they didn't do anything. So then DV just loses his shit and then runs across the track and then like pushes the flagger out of the way and steals his flag and then jumps in the middle of the track <laughs> and is fighting them. But That's like DV awesome. is so into it. Like you can tell that he likes going home. That it's yeah. a good time for him because he gets for to go sure. see everybody. And he doesn't love being the center of attention, but he makes it fun. He makes it enjoyable and he talks a lot of shit with people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's those top three guys, and then uh, Justin Hill was there making his smart top debut. Vince Freezy was there. Uh, who else was there that we would be familiar with? Jeremy Martin. So Jeremy signed on to this race even before he was doing supercross riding. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty good yeah, sign. Yeah, Jmart got fourth, didn't he? And he won a moto, you know, and um I watched Sunday night's first round of racing from the stands because I never get to do that. Like I just wanted to just be a fan for a minute. And I got to just really set in and watch everybody's like technique and their land line choices and stuff. Jmart's on it. You know, he's been away for a while, but you can tell that the time away hasn't really taken any speed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit his marks really well. He's not really too loose or out of control on the bike. He just put it where it needed to go. And it was a big win because he held off Hill for the whole race. I mean, yeah, it was only like six minutes, but a six-minute sprint under pressure like that and to get a big win, mm-hmm. it was a big confidence boost for him. And he and I talked at the end of the night on Sunday, and I'm like, hey, that was good. He's like, yeah. I mean, it's Paris, but it feels good. I'm like, yeah, dude, but you got to get that first win somewhere. And now you know you can do it. Yeah. So Jeremy thinks he's going to do a uh, 250 East coast in 2020. Mm-hmm. And considering the fact that he was, you know, matching Dylan's pace on a similar bike, you know, both of them were on four fifties with some modest modifications. He's running Dylan's pace and Dylan's like the reigning 250 West coast title guy. So that's a good indication for Jeremy's fitness right now. Mm. Nice. Um, so that race was the, uh, you know, obviously I said before the debut of Justin Hill. It was also uh, it's kind of the debut of the Liat head to toe gear. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Vince, did Vince race in the boots? Because I know he was yeah. uh, trying to get used yeah. to them on 
Yeah, both guys raced Wednesday in the booth. Um, Vince had a showy still. Yeah, I think the, I think Vince had a showy contract that yeah, I think continues on, right? For a little bit. But then, yeah, he was in the goggle. Justin was head-to-toe. Helmet, goggles, gear, boots. It looked good. Stuff looks good. Uh, it's definitely different. You know, it does look a little bit um, similar to everybody else's stuff, but then it's got some unique traits that make it stand out. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that uh, it's their qualities there. I mean, we've ridden in the stuff, and it's pretty good. Yeah. So, Dennis, how did you guys uh, keep Malcolm in seven away from the team gear contract? Was that part of his individual? To be honest, I think Roger is probably better for that. He dealt with it more firsthand. Yeah. I know he had existing contracts that were in place, mm-hmm. so I think it had something to do with the existing contracts already there. But I, I don't know the details of it, but I'm I'm happy to see him still mm-hmm. in uh, seven and not in any other. Yeah. Uh, right. What What role does Malcolm play? At seven, because it was funny, because when I was talking to him on the phone this morning, mm-hmm. we're just bullshitting about stuff, and he's telling me about how, do you hear how one of his bags got messed up in customs because the Hills mechanic pulled it off the carousel? <laughs> no, I didn't. Anyway, so Rango's got to go back to LAX today to get one of Malcolm's bags. Oh, no. Anyway, but then he's we're talking about the mini major, and he's like, how did it do? How did it do? And I'm all, it did really good. You know, a lot of riders there, and he goes, so we all made a lot of money? I'm all, well, uh, and he goes, because we're part of it, right? How much money did we make? And I'm like, no, Seven was the presenting sponsor, you know? So, like, you guys paid to be the presenting sponsor, and you know, your benefit is the exposure and, and the promotions with the riders and everything. He's like, why would we do that? And I'm just like, dude. But he's saying, we, 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 like, you know, he's running the joint. Yeah, he's so, running the joint. It's, he, it's him and brother, right? They're bosses. Yeah, man, they're right? the bosses. Yep. But, um, so, you know, like I came down here, what, two weeks ago, and Mookie's sitting in the office, and, you know, Roger was in the back. And then, Does he just come by and just hang out, or what is he? Yeah, because he trains over here, so when he gets done with the workout at the gym or whatever. Oh, the W's down there, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he'll come over here and hang out, and he does some stuff. He gets his meal prep done right around the corner, so mm-hmm. he'll usually pick up meals and stuff. The churches down there? BCs. Oh, not churches. Not churches. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's eating good. Yeah, he him? is. He's, yeah, he's, I, I I was like I tried talking him into going to Buffalo Wild Wings the other night. He's like, I can't do that, man. Yeah. So it was funny. Know. He I called him Sunday when I was at the race just to see how everything went, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't answer. So he called me back like an hour later. And mm-hmm. I was walking to the line. Yeah. And I was on the phone. And I said, "He's like, where are you at?" And I said, "I'm at Mini Major because you can hear all the bikes in the yeah. background." And he said, "Ah, oh, is your boy racing?" I said, "Yeah, he's. I'm walking up to the line right now." He goes, "Well." Put him on speakerphone. Let, tell him good luck. And I, I was walking up to the line. All the kids were there, and I just put him on speakerphone. I said, <laughs> I yelled at all the kids. I'm like, hey, Malcolm's on the phone. He said, good luck to all you guys riding. And they're all like, oh. One kid goes, I want to talk to Big James. Put Big <laughs> James on the phone. <laughs> but it was That's cool. Awesome. He, he loves – Malcolm always asking how the kids are doing. Yeah. He loves doing Dude, that You stuff. know, I, I want to say he – two or three of the mini majors, he showed up just to watch and yeah. hang out, right? On his birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was in October, though. Yeah, that was, was last before. year, two years ago, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so. Good thing, the good thing about, Mal, sorry to cut you off, Down. like, I've been overseas, like, I went to the Italian distributor a couple years ago uh, that Seven has, and, and, like, Malcolm gets it. He wants to see how the business thing is run. It's not just standing back. He wants to be involved, and he wants to make sure that, you know, everybody around the world understands, like, the Seven message, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's big for an athlete to take that much pride in it. 
Yeah, we, he did his first race in Montreal. He went up there. We had a big thing, our Canadian distributor. Yeah, he gave away like 50 number plates. <laughs> right. I think you put stickers put on. I put stickers on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, but he, was, he spent a lot of time like with the guys, and he talked to anybody that would come up, the dealers. And mm-hmm. he, he always takes time out of his day to, especially if he, he knows it's uh, you know involved with one of our distributors, one of our dealers, he'll always take time to talk to them, answer questions. And I know – it's a pain in the ass a lot of times to when he's racing, but he, he always makes it a point to, to say hi or talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one point on Sunday afternoon, like if you've ever gone to these races or seen photos from them, like it's not a formal pit setup. There's a couple like temporary barricades and whatever, but it's kind of a courtesy thing that people don't rush into the pits. But all of these kids are around the Moto Concepts pit area, like probably 20, 30 deep to see Malcolm mm-hmm. and you know, no security, no nothing. Malk just individually, like one after another, told all the kids to line up like they're seeing Santa Claus at the mall. And then he would be like, all right, you, you're next. Come in, take the photo. He'd sign the autograph, talk to him for a minute, and then point the next kid in. But, like, he had to keep reminding them just one at a time so they didn't get out of hand. Mm-hmm. I, It's amazing to see how popular he is over there because wherever he goes, like, he's instantly recognizable. And that's gone on from, you know, Bulgaria, where we had never gone before, to Italy, to France, to Switzerland, the Netherlands. Like, he really has the face of the brand thing figured out now. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me ask you this. Roger and Malcolm in Paris, were they eating Burger King and McDonald's because they're scared of the French food? See, I didn't get to eat. Cheese pizza. Yeah, I didn't get to eat with them this time. Um, There was dinner both nights at the hotel that everybody stayed at, but I stayed at a different hotel and they seemed like they were able to eat a little bit there because it was pretty basic, like a little bit of beef or chicken and yeah. plain rice, plain pasta. But yeah, those guys don't get too crazy. Rango will eat whatever, like me and Rango will go get adventurous and try to find like the local stuff to get into. But those guys mm. stick pretty close. If they have chicken fingers and French fries on the menu, like that's what we're going Roger's for. menu is the same as my six year old daughter. And my nine-year-old son. They yeah. eat the same menu. Dinosaur, <laughs> mm-hmm. chicken nuggets, and yeah. mac and cheese. That's that's <laughs> yep. their go-to. Yep. Yeah, that's how he stays so young looking. <laughs> <laughs> but, what? yeah, it was, it was a good one. I would buy a couple, like, other quick things to point out. Uh, Hill's good. Hill's got it going on right now. You know, he's pretty hard on himself. He was – he knew that like getting taken down by Dylan in the first race on Saturday was like an unfortunate incident. Mm-hmm. You know, Dylan had nowhere to go. He overjumped a triple into the turn, kind of botched the line and ran, ran it in on Justin and Justin just, you know, set the bike down. Cause he didn't want to like try to fight it too much. Cause nothing good would come of it. He just crashed even worse. And then after the race, they exchanged, you know, words a little bit, but like Dylan apologized. He doesn't want to win races and, be perceived as a dirty rider mm-hmm. he doesn't want to win that way and so they talked about it and hill's like well what can i do if i get taken down i get taken down and that sucks he goes but then if i go retaliate and take him down then i have all the french people pissed at me mm-hmm. so he's like you kind of got to take your lumps here but other guys weren't afraid like once they saw dylan was really going to race for the win they didn't just let him have it you know barsha put it in on him a couple times you know he did go down on sunday because he clicked neutral going into the turn and then Barsha set him up for the pass. Like Hill was going good. Barsha was going good. Ferrandis is going good. Vince Freeze is on it right now. Dude, like Freezy got- was second overall Saturday, right? Uh, third, I think. No, second. Was it? Yeah, I he was second. This weekend's a blur. I'm still trying to. <laughs> uh, 
But like Vince has really been trending up these last few seasons, and uh, just from hard work, you know, he's really figured out what it takes to be a high level racer. And I think come you know the fifth, sixth round of the twenty twenty season, he could be in a very good spot like he was this year before he tore his knee. Mm-hmm. Monster Cup, he looked good too. Yeah, look real. So you. You, do you get to spend time around Freezy because of his association with Malcolm? I don't. No? I, I, I really He's don't. cool. Like, uh, it's funny is because I get bummed when I see, like, people on Instagram just ripping him, you know? And it's yep. like, dude, Freezy has done some kooky things on the track in the past, but it's not for a lack of effort and passion, right? Yeah. He just kind of loses his mind sometimes, but – in the pits, he's like so cool and like easy to talk to and like a real genuine guy. And it's like it bums me out that he gets ripped on so hard. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I see it. He gets he gets a bad rap. I, I don't know him personally. I mean, I've I've said hi to him at, mm-hmm. at the truck, but um, yeah, I, I see he does get ripped up pretty pretty gnarly on Instagram. I've seen it a few <laughs> times. Yeah, no good. Like observation from our point of view, like as a media guy, Vince appreciates what he's given. He doesn't really come off as a guy that is demanding or thinks that he's entitled to anything. Like he works hard to get what he has and uh, how these last few years have come on. That's just like profit or that's just proof of like the dedication that he's put into it. You know, he's not cutting corners or anything like that. He's just really tried to figure out all that he can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love to see him do well this year, just as a personal thing for him because he's been so close to doing it so many times and then had weird things get taken away if he could put in a good season in 2020, it would really change a lot of people's perception of him. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, um, I think we're good, right, Anton? You got anything else to add? No, I think we're good. Did you wear um, your Did you wear your scarf in Paris? Yeah, I did. It was cold as hell there. <laughs> scarf and a Carhartt and Doc Martens. So, nice. did you? You saw the photo, obviously, though, of the chick that was dressed just like me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, who who so, is that chick? I don't know. I don't know. She I, I just really, she just made eye contact with you and figured you guys were dressed the same and yeah, like she like I was walking through the pits and she pointed at me and I was like yeah okay and then she like grabbed her shirt and then I was like oh and I looked down I'm like oh so yeah everybody like that's the joke <laughs> Did you see you know, it like, press, Dude. it's the exact same shirt I need to see it. I'll send it to Why you. did your pants look like they were pulled up so high in that photo, Anton? Well, dude, because I've lost so much damn weight that none of my pants fit the same way anymore. So I got to like really hike them up high. But then also I had my uh, He says it like he had a lot to lose. I've lost so much weight. I've lost 15 pounds. You better stop that. I know. But I had my photo belt on, so that makes it look like it's even higher. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. where'd the photo go? I can't find it. On your... Was it on your story? It's on my story. But oh, I'll okay. Yeah, it was great. It's great. But yeah, even like even Saturday night, I had like a turtleneck on Mm -hmm. and jeans and Doc Martens and DV looked at me and he's like, yeah, you really are trying to be French, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying not to get mugged on the way back to the hotel. (laughs) Nice. Okay, buddy. It was good to catch up with you. Um, Welcome back to uh, the U.S. Yeah, having fun. I'm here for a little bit. Get to work on that Tuesday kickstart now, will you? I will. (laughs) And Dennis, thank you for uh, supporting the race this weekend, and uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to work together. Awesome. Thank you, and thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.